Pray until something. Anybody want to know what the H stands for? Happens. happens, right. Pray until something happens. Glory to God. So if I say push, you know what to do. So uh, this Sunday, I will say pray. And all you will say, push. And everybody else will say, what are you talking about? Okay, glory to God. Okay, Father, we praise you. We just give thanks. As we look to your word, Father God, greater things, Father God, will open up to us, Father God. We thank you, Lord, that our hearts and minds are open, Father God, and Father God, that our spirits are receptive, Father God, to your word. And Father God, uh, as we receive the word, Father God, we grow in maturity, Father God. And as we grow into maturity, Father God, we will do the deeds that you've called us to do. In the name of Jesus and everyone said, okay, life is tough. Or life is certainly tough, right? There are times when we feel that everything is going just right. I mean, perfect. I mean, they say... Um, Everything's like a bed of roses. Of course, if you let, laid in a bed of roses, you know, uh, anybody ever hit a, run into a rose bush, it's not too happy. But, uh, you know, the, the saying is, you know, life is like a bed of roses. Uh, and everything's going just like it should. But uh, um, no matter how strong we are or uh, uh, how faith, you know, what we think our faith is, uh, there will be times when we feel that nothing is taking place like it should, right? I mean, sometimes you think, man, I, I prayed and I believed and all these things are happening and it's not, it's just not following through. Nobody's ever happened, happened. I mean, you're all good, huh? I mean, you've never had those disappointments? <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, when that happens, you know, when we're, just, when we're just feeling down, trotted, uh, troubled, uh, uh, we're stressed out, oh man, what is going to happen? You know, and we become frustrated. You know, why, why is this not happening? So we're going to look at an example of that. If you'll turn in your Bibles to the second book of the Old Testament, you'll find Genesis, then and you should have read Exodus by now. If you're not, we'll push. Okay, Exodus. And find the 17th chapter with me. That's uh, Exodus chapter 17. And we will begin with verse 8. Then Am Amoclet, I don't laugh at my pronunciations here, and not Hebrew yet, fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose out men, go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow we will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. And Joshua did as Moses had said unto him, and he fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Ur went up, or her, went up uh, to the top of the hill. And it came to pass that when Moses held up his hand, that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. Because Moses' hands were very heavy. And they took a, and they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereupon. And Aaron and Ur 
stayed up his hands or held up his hands, the one on one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomforted uh, Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book, and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nisi, or Jehovah uh, Banner. For he said, because the Lord has sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Wow, hallelujah. Uh, in times like this, we need to, in times of war, we need to seek God. Amen. Uh, and it says that God fights our battles. But it's also true that uh, God uses vessels within our lives to help us fight our battles. I mean, he, he, he uh, uh, enlists people around you to help you fight your battles. Isn't that great news? Yeah. But do we often just say, oh, I don't need any help? How many ever did that? I don't need any help. Yeah. Uh, don't bother me with that type of stuff. You know, I know all about that. You know, I need this. You know, we want it to done our way and not what God has shown them to help us out with. Hello. Okay. So, uh, keep your marker there. If you have a marker, I want you to go to uh, the next book we're going to look at. It is right after the book of Proverbs. You will find the book of anybody? Ecclesiastics, yes. So we want to go to the fourth chapter of Ecclesiastics. And let's see what the Lord says here uh, through Solomon to us. That's Ecclesiastics. It's fourth chapter. And we will want to begin with uh, verse 9. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he shall not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together when they have heat, but how can one be warm alone? Verse 12. And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So here, here we see that God says he doesn't expect us to do your job by ourselves. He says, how did Jesus send the disciples out? Two by twos. So he says, if, you know, if you're going out in twos, you know, and uh, you're witnessing, the other person should be what? Praying. Or at least holding back or you know, trying to keep the other people quiet so the other, that individual that you are witnessing to should. So it's by twos, you see. Amen? Uh, so the Lord doesn't expect us to do, our, do a job by ourselves. Uh, he's not going to let you be absolutely independent, although sometimes he does, but most times he's asking us to go and do things together. 
Paul and, Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Silas. You notice it's always two. So, uh, 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 trying to think some of the other. Uh, couples in the New Testament that work together. Who's the couple in Acts? The Priscilla and Aquila. Okay, there's two there. You see the two. They're always, there's someone to help you out. Okay. Uh, so we need to, we need to be, we need to be ministered to in our troubled times or our dark times, you know. But we also need to be willing, glory to God, as open vessels to minister to others in their time of need. Amen. So this is where we see Moses. He was there with this rod in his hand and he was doing a great job and holding it up. And Israel was having a victory, but pretty soon his arms got tired. And they came down, and what happened? It says the Amalekites began to do, win. And so he mustered it up. Can you imagine him? Oh, three hours holding something up, and this thing's getting heavy. <laughs> you know, and, he, and here's the battlefield. You can, they're on the hill. Remember it says they're on the hill? The hill of Rephraim? And he could see the battle. He says, oh, that side, they're losing that side. Lift it up, lift it up. Oh. But, it, but then, who did he have next to him? Aaron and Ur. Joshua was down, was down there doing the battle, okay? He, he and the troops. So, he had two people helping him out. Glory to God. It's good news that you can have people. Know, know that you have people that are willing to stand by your side and help you out. Okay, if you have a project, something. How many have, sometimes we've got a project and uh, I can do it myself. I can do it myself. Anybody ever want to say that? It turns out mucky. <laughs> I'm not saying that you know they're all that way, but you know sometimes we are more than conquerors. We can do it ourselves, but you know other times we are needing that extra help. Oh, you could you know you could maybe touch that up just a little bit there, or tighten that bolt there, or you know what I'm saying, or you know if you put this information here, this will feed that and it'll be right. You know, so you you need that help sometimes. Amen. Glory to God. Okay, uh, let's go back to uh, Exodus 17. Uh, so we see here that, uh, as you read there, we see that Moses needed some help. And fortunately, two individuals were there with him. And you, are you ready to go home? <laughs> well, I'll, to, I'll try to stretch this out. <laughs> okay. Okay, let me give you a little background. Okay, the Amalekites are actually descendants of Jacob's twin brother Esau. Okay, uh, Amalekite is one of Esau's grandchildren. So, since you have your marker there, let's go back to the book of the book. The book right preceding Exodus is. Yeah, I'm glad. 
So, so we're going to go to Genesis chapter 36. And we're just going to just kind of nail this down a little bit. Genesis chapter 36, and we want to look at verse. And I'm not going to pronounce these names. I'm going to let Laura read them for us. <laughs> no. In Genesis chapter 36, we find verse 12. And Antimia was a concubine of Elphazah, whoever it is, Esau's son, and she bared Elsa Amakite. These were the sons of Esau's wives. Okay, so we see here that Esau is a grandchild, and the Amakite is a grandchild of Esau, okay? Um, so all of Esau, you remember Jacob, their parents, their parents, Isaac and Rebekah, they were disappointed when Esau went out there and, and got a Canaanite wife. He said, they said, hey, if you want to get married, go to, go to our relatives over on the other side over there and get a good girl, not one of these girls that, you know, and uh, Esau didn't like that. He says, I'm going to do my way. You remember how, you remember, uh, here we go, I'm going little bunny, bunny trail. You remember what Samson did? His, his parents said, why don't you get a good Jewish gal? He says, no, no. Boy, there's some raven looking women over here. He says, I want that one. You go get it for me or else I'll... That's what they do. They, they followed through on what Samson said. His parents got him the other girl. So here's Esau. He's said, I ain't going to follow my, my parents' example or, or, or wanting what my parents want. I want what I want. And so oftentimes that shows that, that we have mistakes when we don't do follow through on what our parents want us to do. Oh, nobody's ever raising their hands on these. <laughs> No. I want you to study this. I ain't going to study that. I got better ideas. You know, I want to be this. And, you know, you find out later on, boy, they, my, you know, when, when we get a certain age, uh, all of a sudden we, we are smarter than our parents. I mean, you know, so, ah, you know, none of you were that way. I, <laughs> I thought, boy, my parents are old-fashioned. You know, they they got new ways of doing things. I found out, hey, new ways weren't right. The new ways were just the world's ways, and the right way was following what, what our parents, what my parents said, you know. Uh, you, you live a godly life, and you're going to do this. Things are going to be... But, you know, all of us have uh, crooked branches in our life, and glory to God, it says the Lord makes the crooked straight. Look how straight you are. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I don't see a crooked thing about you. Okay. All of Esau's descendants were Canaanite wives. Okay. Uh, they were also referred to Hittites. Okay. Canaanites and Hittites. Let's look at this. Um, <clears throat> since we are in Genesis, let's go to the Genesis chapter 26 this time. 
in Genesis 26. And look at verse 34. And Esau was 40 years old when he took a wife, Judith, from the daughter of Bereed the Hittites, and Bashmeth, the daughter of Ellen the Hittite. So here he's, you know, he's, he's gone off and, hey, I, I don't have to have one wife, I can have two wives. Yeah. Uh, verse 35 says, which were a grief of the mind unto Isaac and to Rebekah. Uh, wow, sometimes we do things that uh, make our parents uh, sad. But uh, I'm happy to say that uh, the, uh, according to uh, the proverb that uh, Jesus gave, uh, the proverbial, can't get the word out now. You know, the son that left left on home, he did his own thing and he came back. He says, oh, don't, don't, don't put me up there anymore. You know, I'll come back and, you know, I'll slop pigs and everything else just to be in the house. And he says, no, you, hey, just go in there and wash up. There's a, there's a whole new set of clothes for you. There's a set, there's, here's some, the rings are there still and put on the new sandals and come out and we're going to throw up a party for you. That's how God is. He says, when you come back, hey, you're no longer in that pig slop. I'm giving you something better. Amen. So know that if you mess up, glory to God, God's willing to take us back. First John 1, 9. He says, hey, you can have everything. And you're not a second-class citizen. You're not going to be below your brother. You're going to be even with the one that didn't leave. Of course, we find out the one that didn't leave had, had troubles of his own, but, you know, Oh, we're not looking at that right now. So, you know, or are we? <laughs> okay. So the Hittites were descendants of, okay, let's go to this one. Um, where did the Hittites come from? Or, or where did this uh, Esau and all this stuff come from? Let's go to the book of Genesis. We're still in Genesis, right? Let's go to chapter 9. Boy, my Bible just fell apart. Chapter 9. Genesis chapter 9. We want to look about the, the Hittites, okay? Genesis chapter 9, looking at verse 18. And the sons of Noah went, out, went forth of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And Ham is the father of Canaan. Wow! So we find out Ham had a son named Ken. What The other ones had sons, but how come we're, this one's being pointed out? And drop down to verse 25. And he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants, and he shall, and he shall be unto his brethren. So, so we see here that all of a sudden we're finding out these the Canaanites are cursed. Okay. Back to Genesis, uh, pardon me, Exodus uh, chapter 17. Oops. That's Exodus chapter 17. Oops, where are we? Verse 9. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose 
out, us out men, and go out and fight. Let's read it from the Amphite. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose out men, and go out, fight with Amalekite. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. Glory to God. What's, what's the hill? The hill is verse 8. And when Amalekite and when, then came out and fought with Israel in Rephidim. Okay. So there's a battle that's going to take place, I said. Uh, Aaron, we have Moses, Aaron, and Moses, uh, Moses is, uh, pardon me, Aaron is who? One more, everybody, everybody. Aaron is Moses' brother, okay. And her, who is her? Or er? I don't know how you pronounce his name. Let's go to, we're going to just find out a few things here. It makes it quite interesting as we will find out. Go to Exodus chapter 30, keep your marker there. Exodus chapter 31. Verse 31, uh, verse 1, Exodus 31, verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Belzlel, or Belzli, the son of Ur, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. Okay, Ur is out of the tribe of Judah. That means he must be a leading individual in the tribe of, of Judah. And who is from the tribe of Judah also? We're going back. Moses. Moses. That means Aaron and Moses, the tribe of Judah. And now we find out Ur is the tribe of Judah. Okay. Exodus uh, chapter, let's go back now to chapter 24. Just want to find a little bit more about uh, this Ur guy. Verse 14. And he said unto the elders, Tarry ye here for us until we come again unto you. And behold, Aaron and Ur are with you. If any man have any matters to do, let him come unto them. So Ur must have been somebody, you know, of, of some importance. Okay. Um, so he's a, he must be a leader in the tribe of Judah. Which means, you know, you got... Moses and Aaron, and you had Miriam. You know, let's get the three kids together. Uh, but if you read some of other historical books, like Josephus, Joseph, you know who I'm talking about, it says that Ur happened to be the husband of Miriam. Wow, so this is a family affair. Are you getting something here? Yeah, we'll see. Well, maybe you'll catch on in a moment. Back to Exodus chapter 17. Isn't it kind of fun to look into history sometimes? It opens our eyes. Okay. 
Verse 11, and it came to pass, this is Exodus 17, 11, and it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed, and when we let down his hands, Amalekite prevailed. Whoa. Okay. As Moses' hands remained high, glory to God, the battle was Israel's, but when they went down, the Amalekites would start winning. So what significance is this? Okay. Of course, we read the story already. Yeah. Now, in, a, in another translation, it's called the Aramanic Targum, ver, ver, that reads this way, verse 11. When Moses held up his hands in prayer, ooh, that opens up a whole new world. Held up his hands in prayer. What does, what does the scripture say oftentimes? Lift up your hand, praise God. Prayer, praising and praying, praying is also the same thing. So Moses is lifting up his, he has the rod in his hand and he's praising God. Hallelujah, glory. Thank you, Lord, that we have the victory. Hallelujah, glory to God. You see that? But when his hands, again, when his hands went down, okay, let me read here. Uh, from, let me read once again from, from the aromatic uh, Targum. Version. When Moses held up his hands in prayer, the house of Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hands from prayer, Amalekat prevailed. As verse, verse 12, was like it, but Moses' hands were very heavy, and they took and they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat there on, and Aaron and Ur stayed up his hands, one on one side and one on the other. And his hands were steady until the sun, setting of the sun. So in other words, Aaron got tired. I mean, Moses got tired. and said, hey, let's get, them, get Moses to sit on the rock over there. We got him to sit on the rock. Okay, his arms are still tired now. Who's on the other side? Who's going to get a hold of that? that? What's, it, what's... Okay. Well, what, what, what is Moses doing? It says this is a prayer. Hands lifted up is prayer. So what are the other two are doing now? Holding, helping hold up the, the rod. So what that means, what would they have to be doing? Praying, holding up the same thing. They are raising up their hands. You could say almost, you could see that? They're holding up his hands. They're holding up the rod. And Moses <laughs> let his hands drip, you know, loop over. But they all—they have now joined in with Moses to what? To bring in the prey. Because as long as his hands were up with the rod, they were victorious. When we are together in unity, praying together, we are victorious. Oh, glory to God. Okay. Aaron Ur came to the aid of Moses by raising his hands in support of him. Moses was chosen of God. Glory to God. He was special. I mean, doesn't it say that he was sort of special? I mean, they, they you know, get whole chapters written about Moses there. But it didn't mean that he did not need help. So you might think, wow, he's special, but that individual might need some help. 
John's special. He's got a special job. But there's times when he needs help. And they send aid to him. Okay, he said, okay, this is what I'm doing. He says, you need to do this. Okay, so here's the situation with us. We might need help at some times. Somebody needs to come to our aid to help us. Are you the one that's going to help? Hmm. So what the, what's the lesson we can learn from this? We are all called to help and lift up our brothers and sisters' hands when they get tired. You, did you hear it? Brothers and sisters? What was this? This unit was? A family unit. So this is a family unit here. If something's happening and, and somebody says, hey, I'm needing some help, or if you see that Law needs help, you don't just say, well, you know, she could let somebody else, you need to go over there. Where can I help you with? Let me help you, you know. Because it's a, it's a family, you're going to forget this in a moment, it's a family unit. We are called to help one another. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's go to, keep your marker there, in Exodus 17. And I want us to go to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew 12, look at the last verse of Matthew 12. Jesus is speaking. For whosoever shall, whoso, wow, for whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same is my brother, sister, and mother. So he's a, everything that we do together is a family. We're in a family. Glory to God. So we must be willing to sacrifice in our prayer, in our uplifting, glory to God, in our encouraging of one another to build up the family of God. If you see someone's down, we need to lift them up. Don't say, well, you, you deserved it. You did wrong. You were out there partying all night. You know, that type of, that's not the thing to do. Say, hey, hey, you made a mistake. Let's go on. Let's get brush, brushed off. Take 1 John 1, 9. You are, God's going to bring you right back where you are, where you need to be. And don't let the devil pull you back down. Quit, quit let, you know, we've all been in this corner. You, you know you've done something wrong. You say, man, I feel terrible about it. I say, but then God says, you know, take 1 John 1, 9. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You forgive me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And we're going out throughout the day, and you see something, and the devil says, See, that person did the same thing. You're no better than that. They're wicked, dirty sinners. So are you, dirty sinner. And there you go. Yeah. Oh, man, I did it. I'm no better than them. Oh, man. 
God says, no, I don't see that. You've been washed in the blood. So that's when we see someone going down or starting to needing help, we need to lift them up. We need to be lift. We need. I need to be lifted up. Yeah. Hate to say this. Sometimes I feel like I bombed out, and there's a lot of times I feel like I bombed out. But some will say, "Hey, you know, I really got something out of that," and that, I didn't even say that. But they, the Holy Spirit, gave them something completely different that raised them to a better spiritual area. They can understand something. I said, man, I didn't see that myself. I put a mental note. I go back on my own notes and put that down. Hey, this, is, this meat could mean something like this. But I felt like a bummer because I messed up. But, that, but you as an individual will come up to me and say, or, or even Pastor Peggy, you know, I really got something out of it. That really just gave me an uplift. And man, that make, makes me feel... Wow, it wasn't bad after all. <laughs> so we all need to be lifted up. Mm-hmm. And whatever, you know, it could be your job or, you know, uh, could be your schooling, could be even at home. You know, it could be your best friend, you know, pulling you down. Glory to God. We could, or it could be the opposite way. You see that and somebody else, you can lift them up. I told you about the time when I was in the chow line. I had a terrible night. I mean, it was, I was up in Alaska. It was 70 below about. And I just got in, you know, the chow line. I'm freezing like this going through the chow line. And the guy, <laughs> you're sliding your tray. And you're doing this. And he says, what, what would you like? You know, they'd throw the hash on there, you know. Ah, I don't need that. I mean, I was, I mean, the guy, oh. I mean, I wrecked the guy's day from that. Oh, well, I imagine I wrecked his day. I mean, he, I made him, what do you think he was doing? What do you think he was doing? I don't want that. I mean, just, I mean, you should have seen his face. Oh, yeah, he was doing his job right, happy, and I wrecked it. I mean, yeah, I didn't think about it until later. Oh, of course, you know, if he saw me at the chow line, <laughs> let somebody else serve that guy. <laughs> but you can either lift somebody up or pull them down. And it's our job to what? Lift them up. Lift them up just like Aaron and Er. Right. And they're part of the family. This is the part of the family. When you see your family down, you lift them up. You don't kick them. And that, that's, that's a sad thing about a lot of, a lot of children. Um, I could say this about myself. Sometimes I weren't the best father. You know, kids come back and had something wrong. How come you couldn't do that? I mean, why don't you do some stupid thing like that? And instead of, you know, okay, you did something stupid. Well, let's try to improve. Well, you know, I just left it. How come you did something stupid like that and walked away? There was no... I pulled pull the plug on them and didn't bring them back up. I hope none of, you, none of the parents, or if you're a parent, don't do that. We need to lift these kids up. 
That's what the Jew, uh, the, the Jews on, on, on Friday night, uh, beginning of Sabbath, when they get around the table, you know, they lift their children up, you know. Amen. Your father is Abraham. You are blessed. What you put your hand to shall prosper. You can do these things. Amen. I mean, you know, these, uh, I knew a couple of Jewish kids and in the service, and they, they were good. Because they had that upbringing, they, they had a, a, a thought in their heart and mind that, hey, whatever circumstance that, that came against them, they were able to do it. And their families surrounded them with that helping hands. You know, so we need to we need to do this thing. We must be well again. We must be willing to sacrifice, to pray, to uplift and encourage our family. Amen. Okay. Let's go to uh, since we're in the New Testament, we stopped in the New Testament. Let's go to the book of uh, Galatians, Galatians chapter six. Let's go to verse 1. I don't have it as that, but let's go. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, which you, are, you which are spiritual, what? Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Two, bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. We need to lift one another up. That's fulfilling. It's not tearing down. It's fulfilling. Amen. How do we how do we lift one another up? We lift one another up through, of course, good words, but through prayer. Prayer is a foundational pillar that we have. That's what it's talking about here. Lift one another up in prayer. Okay. One must rely. One each one of us must rely upon the Holy Spirit that's within us. Because when the Holy Spirit says, you need to help, bring help, you need to be one with lifting hands, you can do it. Uh, let's go to, let's back up to the book of Romans, chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Look at verse 26. This is the Holy Spirit. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, for we know not which we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself make intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So in other words, hey, when the Holy Spirit says, hey, I want you to pray for, for Paul. I don't know how to pray for Paul. But the Holy Spirit says, pray in the Spirit and lift him up. Amen. Or pray for Mary. Amen. Lift her up. Whatever time of day it is, we need to pray for that individual. They might be going through a, a tough time, you know, getting out of the parking lot. You know, trying to figure out a problem, you know, whatever it is. If we are prompted by the Holy Spirit to pray, look what we're doing. We're lifting that individual up. It's a pillar that we have. Okay. Okay, 
running it down real quick here. God has given each and every one of us gifts and talents, okay? Glory to God. I mean, some of you are so blessed. Really blessed. You know, you have a happy smile, you know, and, and you're, you're contagious. Some people are contagious. I mean, you see people sometimes with a big happy smile, they're contagious, you know, everybody's happy around them. Ever see somebody with it's a frown? Or everybody around him, oh man, what's wrong with that guy? I mean, it's gone. So let's be contagious in a good way. It's not to build ourselves up. The gifts are not to build ourselves up. But it's to build the body of Christ. Glory to God. Just as Aaron and Ur were placed at Moses' side... At the hilltop, you remember that hilltop? It was to build him up and support him. United intercessory prayer. Okay. Now, let's go back to those that take notes in their Bible. I do. I have marked this one. The one at home is. Uh, and they came at, at, at verse 8. Chapter 17 of Exodus, verse 8. Then Amalekat, then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. Okay, Rephidim. Rephidim is the hilltop. It's an interesting place. Rephidim means support. Or pillar in the Hebrew. Support or pillar. So, are you being supportive with others when you're on the hilltop? You know, they could be they could be just bystanders. At, at first they were just bystanders. Here was Moses and Aaron and her were, were there and they're looking down in the valley. And they're seeing the battle. They were, they were bystanders. Yeah. Wow, look at that. Yeah, yeah, look at that. Yeah, look at, oh, look at that guy over there. Yeah, he's doing a good job. And all of a sudden, and Aaron says, hey, Ur, something's happened on the other side. Oh, <laughs> well, what's going on, Moses? I don't know. I just... We have to find, we have to be aware of our, our our family that's in trouble. Well, I, you know, there's others out there. The world's out there, but I'm talking about the family. Because it, we are in a time, we are in the last days when it says deception would come, and even the, mo the most anointed of us can be deceived in these last days. So I mean, that means we need to hold one another up. We need to also know what, what, what does Acts 17 11 say. We need to know what, what the Word of God tells us. Amen. And just don't listen to anything that comes along. I mean, you can listen to it and take notes and say, okay, you know, a lot of people take notes, but they don't check them out. You need to check these notes out. Hell, okay, that's, that's what this means. We need to get going on it. Okay? Acts 17 11. There were more. Okay? Okay, 
Again, referent means support or pillar. Now, let's look at another thing here. Let's go right after the book of Proverbs. We found the book of Ecclesiastics. And right after Ecclesiastics, you find the book of Song of Solomon. Glory to God. So find Song of Solomon, chapter 3. This isn't quite, you know, this was just an interesting fact. In Psalm, uh, Song of Psalms, chapter 3, verse 10, he made pillars thereof of silver, the bottom thereof gold. Wow, are you silver and gold to your, are you a pillar of silver and gold to those that are needing help? Hello? Pillars of silver and gold. We need to be, you're, not, you're like somebody that is needing help. You're like a pillar of silver and gold to them. Something that, that's shining and bright that has value. Amen. Do you have value to those that are around you or are you just, you know, a bystander? Well, they're sure looking. They're sure having a battle down there, Moses. What's wrong with them guys? And Moses is supposed to pray. And when you when they got in prayer together, it says that Moses held his hands up until the sun went down and they defeated him. Hey, that's when they got together. That's an intercession prayer. They came together and they became victorious. Amen. Or Israel became victorious. Going back to uh, uh, Exodus 17. Looking at verse 14, it says, And the Lord said to Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book, and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for I will utterly destroy the remembrance of Amalekite from under heaven. Write this book. Rehearse it. Remember it. God says you are, God says there is need of a pillar. He says, I am your pillar. If you stand, call upon me, I will be your pillar. Glory to God. And of course in Jeremiah uh, chapter 33, verse 3 says, uh, God says, Call upon me and I will answer thee. Glory to God. And show thee great mighty things which thou knowest not. I think we learned something tonight. We're pillars. Those that say we need to be helping hands. And if you're looking for a title, helping hands tonight. Verse 16 says, Exodus 17, verse 16, the last verse. And he said, Because the Lord has sworn that sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalekite from generation to generation. Wait a minute here. Did he just, didn't, didn't it say here that they destroyed Amalekite? How can you have it from generation to generation? Because Amalekites, your enemy, will always come before you. There will always be an enemy. And it's just saying that your enemy at this point is just because he labeled an Amalekite. He's out there to destroy it. So God says, I will destroy the enemy for each generation. Amen. So glory to God. The Amalekite that comes against you is destroyed. Amen. But you need some help sometimes when you're going through a test and trial and it's 
Better to call upon somebody than to go and fall. Hey, I'm going through something. Help me out. I'm being tempted. Well, what are you being tempted with? Well, I don't need to tell you that, but I'm being tempted. Just ask the Lord to help me out through this, to oversee this temptation. It won't be overthrow me. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The hand of God is always extended against the enemy from generation to generation. This is a promise, and it is something we can put our trust in. Amen. This is a promise. So, in verse 16 there, he says, this is a promise from generation to generation that the, the Amalekite is destroyed for us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Pulling down strongholds through intercessional prayer. It's an application in, in, of a spiritual force through and by the Holy Spirit. <coughs> it's up to us. It's through and by the Holy Spirit. As we yield to Him, we'll be able to hold up other people's hands. Amen. Or even hold up the, 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 the rod that we have, the anointing that we have. We can hold it up Amen. and do a good job. But sometimes we need some help. That's where... Right. <coughs> Excuse me. Know that when times get tough, you are not the only ones going through a difficult circumstance. <coughs> Boy. Your brother and sister may need your support. <coughs> so find someone that needs their hands lifted up. Climb to the top of the hill. Take the gift that God take the gift that God has given you and come alongside of them. And support them as a pillar. Amen? <coughs> well, that come out perfect. <coughs> we, we're all done. Just by, I'm dry. <laughs> so I'm believing, again, that, that if you're taking uh, notes or wanting a title, helping hands. Let's be helping hands. Let us be pillars. Let's call upon God that we can be pillars in someone's life. Yes, amen. So, Father, we praise you and you would just give me a thanks, Lord. That we see, Father God, that the Amalekite is destroyed in our lives, Father God. But, Father God, there are times, Father God, that, that when we kind of drift and, Father God, are, are finding it hard, I thank you, Lord, that you'll call upon those, Father God, within the family of God to help support us, Father God, in our time of need. And Father God, for those that are having a time, a rough time in their lives, Father God, may we come in to be their pillar of support in their time of need. So Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks, Lord, that as a family, Father God, we work together, Father God. And once again, we ask, Lord, that uh, you, as we go our separate ways, that we are blessed, Father God, and Father God, that we can be a blessing to others. Let us be a pillar to others. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Thank you.